This is Daisen Shubix, the podcast, episode 96 for the week of September 30th, 2007. Welcome to Daisen X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daisen X. Yeah, we cover anything and everything. Everything, indeed. Dragon Ball, in hopes of enlightening any little bit of the entertaining. I hear the Julian in the background. He's back with us. Woo! For a moment, anyway. <laughs> you are currently leeching unauthorized wireless internet access. Yes, that's correct. Aww. I've changed to a new apartment. And I still haven't got the setup for my internet quite figured out. So there's a wireless network, and I'm um, using it, and it's kind of unstable. Gotcha. But <laughs> we'll, we'll make do with it uh, as much as we can, I guess, because it's good to have okay. you back on to shows. Right. We'll get back to you momentarily. Let's say hello to uh, the slightly ill Mary over here. Hello. Aw. What's up with the Mary? I'm sick. What you got? A cold. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were getting over it at this point, though. Yeah, but I got congested again, and oh. I'm coughing. I'm sorry to hear this. Yeah, it sucks. But you're still here. You, you chug along for great justice of podcasting. Yeah, it's the least I can do. <laughs> Just chug along for the ride. All right. So if that's Julian, then that's Mary. That leaves me, Mike Vegito EX. But most importantly, we need to check in with Julian because he's over in Japan. Been there for a little bit. All sorts of shenanigans going on. Give us a brief rundown of what you've been doing, where you are now, and all that stuff. Well, so I quit the job that I came over with because of some issues with the company kind of acting like a sinking ship and the possibility that I would not be seeing a paycheck for the work that I had done thus far. So I ended up becoming an ALT, or an assistant language teacher, at a couple of public schools in uh, Tondabayashi City, down in uh, southeast of Osaka. So I got uh, two elementary schools and a junior high. Elementary school students are very energetic, easy to work with. Can't use very high-level English with them, but they're pretty friendly. Middle school students... um, yeah, they're they're the ones who like to, you know, sleep in class and not pay attention and uh, not treat you like an adult. And I'm still figuring out the ropes there, but it's, um, you know, kind of thinking about how to, you know, try to get lesson across to those other than those who are actually trying to learn something. But we'll figure it out. Nice. So what kind of activities, I guess the younger children are the easiest to work with, you said. What kind of activities are you doing with them? Oh, the young ones, I uh, give them some new activity. And you have kind of a target language. So you, you practice with them modeling a kind of conversation. And at the end of it, if they get good at it, you can play a game that incorporates that piece of grammar or vocabulary so they get really good at using it and hopefully by the time they get to middle school and they have to start learning it for you know government tests they won't be completely averse to it is there a lot of uh english on these tests i mean how do, how do these tests work are they japanese based english based um it's apparently a fairly major part of college entrance exams from what i'm aware of so it's something you need to at least know of or be able to read even you mean if the you english can't really speak language but that's the problem too is that they don't really teach teach people how to speak English, so they bring in alts to try and help remedy that situation. And so that's where Julian comes in. I would enjoy having you being my English teacher. That's good. Do you have any favorite kids? Uh, not yet. I'm still getting used to them, so I haven't really learned all their names. And the high school, I'm still, you know, picking out which ones are um, actually paying attention and which ones could care less. Although, it's easier to pick out the ones that could care less, because they're usually the ones who are sleeping. (laughs) 
<laughs> or in the back putting on their makeup and using their cell phones. Right. That's awesome. Well, I'm, uh, I look forward to hearing stories about the kids. You know, back when Andrew was over teaching in Japan, he always had funny stories about the kids and the classes <laughs> and things they would do, things they would not do. So it'll be right. great to hear that as well from you going forward. <laughs> so uh, we will keep checking in with you on the Japan stuff. Mary, I know you're slightly sick, but some of this involves you. You know, we just came back from Anime Weekend Atlanta. We're not going to do a full episode on it because there's just not enough material to warrant doing a full episode on it. But we wanted to breeze through a couple things. Sure. Like uh, the dealer's room and this little guy that I'm holding here that we picked up. He's not a little guy. He's uh, about eight inches tall. This is Gididin, or Clillin, as it said on the... Yeah, the with wise. That's like their standard romanization over there. He's uh, he's very cute. He had a corresponding Goku, which I didn't get, because they were 20 bucks a piece. So I just went for the one. He's got this smug look on his face, and he's really cute. There's a picture up on the homepage. We picked up a couple other little things. You got a... What's this trunks thing over this here? This is a little figurine, a little trunks figure, and we got Goku in an aircraft nice. figure, I which like we them. need to assemble. No dice Enshu that I saw. I probably would have picked them up if I saw them, because, you know, 10 bucks, people don't know what they're doing with them, but I didn't see any of that. Uh, we saw that the same cell from, when I say cell, I mean with one L, you know, like the drawings from the show and stuff, not the character. Uh, the one of Gohan just before he turned Super Saiyan 2. Was that the one that was like 400 bucks or something no, like that? No, it was actually only like 175 Oh, what was a really, really expensive one? Do you remember? I, probably a Trunks one from like uh, one of the movies. Oh, right, right, right. Were there any other interesting Dragon Ball things in the dealer's yeah, room? It was I didn't pretty... see anything. Yeah, other than the figures that we got. Uh, we'll run down panel stuff and AMVs and stuff because we have lots of new videos up. Nothing yet is Dragon Ball related. As soon as we get the Iron Editor stuff, there'll be some Dragon Ball things. But Mary, you and I both had videos in the pro contest, which yep. is their peer judge contest. I had a Death Note video, you had a Paradise Kiss video. Mm-hmm. We both had two, no, I had a video in Expo, which was to Megazone 2-3 using the Matrix. I called it Obligatory Matrix Trailer. And if you know anything about Obligatory Ava Trailer, you know both where the title comes from and why it's the title and lots of backstory there. You made another video, which you just played at our panel. Right. It was a Haruhi Suzumiya video. Mm-hmm. Just a fun little thing you threw together. Yep. Happened to be done. And then let's briefly talk about Iron Editor, because it's a fun little... Whoa! So what the hell was that? Our apartment exploded. I think something blew up somewhere, or fried, or fizzled, or otherwise self-destructed. So uh, that was pretty interesting. Of course, you know, I cut out the actual fizzing and horrible noise. It'll make your ears bleed. Yeah. So it's uh, several hours later at this point. It's uh, about 4.30 in the afternoon evening here, so that means it's around 5.30 in the morning over there in Japan. Needless to say, Julian is asleep and in bed where he should be. So it's back to just myself and Mary. Oh, no Julian, but at least we got a few words from him earlier. I think we were talking about Iron Editor, and I do still want to go through that real fast. Okay. From AWA. Now, the point of this contest, if you've seen the show Iron Chef... You have competitors, they have a certain amount of time, they have to make a meal in a certain amount of time, secret ingredient, regular ingredients, etc. Same theory, you know, competitors, ingredients being video sources, there's a secret ingredient they don't know about until they get here, or get there to the convention. As far as everyone, save a couple special people knew, Iron Editor AWA this year was going to be myself and Mary versus J-Bone. The joke was on everyone else. Iron Editor this year was Mary versus Mike. Ooh, oh snap. 
Ha <laughs> ha, we actually have known for months and months and months. And it was uh, very tough to keep it a secret from people. In fact, a lot of friends were saying, oh man, it would have been great to see, you know, you two versus each other and really get a winner between the two of you. And we're kind of like, ha <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and that's what we did. So we both made videos. It was super fun. Hopefully we're going to have those two videos soon. Uh, we made very different types of videos. I made a very, I guess you would say traditional style AMV, but very childish at the same time. Uh, crude humor and comedy kind of thing. And Mary, you made, the way I describe it was like, you literally explain and explore what the theme was. Which did was, I really? Yeah, <laughs> over the top. So that was pretty neat. All I knew is that I didn't know what to do with the topic, so I kind of poked fun at that in my video. Right. And I didn't think my video was all... I, mean, I thought it was good, but I didn't think the the concept was as good as it everyone was saying. It was awesome. Stop. It was amazing. Everyone thought it was awesome. I say it would win a regular contest. Never mind Iron Editor. So I uh, won. Yeah. You, you <laughs> Mary won. Uh, the, the, the fun thing here is that DBZ Movie 12 was one of the sources. So right. that's why it's relevant to, you know, the listeners, right? The problem here. was that we both used the same scenes. Right, because there's, you know, only so many truly over-the-top scenes in Movie 12. But we look forward to getting those videos. As soon as we get them from the Iron Editor um, coordinators, we'll put those up for download and stuff. As you're listening to this right now, all of the videos we mentioned earlier, the four videos, uh, those are up for download, H.264 and XFID versions. So go check those out. I think that's going to conclude the AWA stuff. Yep. The only other thing I want to mention is Manga Next, which is next week at this point. Yep. One week. One week. We are doing two panels there. We're going to be there on Saturday exclusively. Mary, you're going. I'm going. I'm taking up Jeff and Joy. Some other friends are going to be there. Good times. Hopefully. <laughs> Last year was kind of a bust. Yeah. The two panels we're doing are Dragon Ball Manga, A History. That's going to be Saturday uh, at 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, as far as I know at this point. Schedule has shifted very slightly the last couple days, but everything seems to be in the same place. And then the other panel is Manga in AMVs, which will be Saturday evening at 8 p.m. And so that will be the day we're going to record the Dragon Ball panel as a podcast episode. I'll try to put that out the next day, actually. So we were actually off in our dates a little bit. I I thought this week was supposed to be a manga review of awesomeness it's actually supposed to be next week which is manga next so we'll do the manga review of awesomeness which will be volume nine the week after that so we really won't be all that far off we're maintaining our schedule of being off a week from the beginning of the month <laughs> so actually we are on the schedule exactly all the time now that's the way it should be maybe we'll get back into a normal cycle but anyways that's gonna wrap up the stuff let's check out some dragon ball news We're catching up on kind of two weeks of news, but there really isn't a whole lot of stuff. Sparking Meteor updates, we have two new characters confirmed. And this is, we're getting down to the wire here. The game's out next week. These two characters are Blue, you know, which we just talked about in the manga review of Awesomeness. That's pretty awesome. See, the, the uh, Awesomeness. Awesome, awesome, the awesome, awesome. Yeah. The other character, Arale Norimaki. And no one believed it. I didn't believe it at first. It was just that little tiny little scan. You couldn't really tell. But, you know, now the, the full page pictures and scans have come out. So Arale is truly in the game. We had a contest. I don't know if you remember this. Back for Budokai 3, the contest was to come up with a character and a storyline for a dragon world or universe, whatever the mode was back in that game. And the winning entry was Arale. That was the one I chose. So now Arale is truly in 
a Dragon Ball Z video game, and that is pretty exciting. And of course, the kitties have no idea who she is. Oh my god, I loved reading the comments on various other interweb message boards, and uh, it's not like the manga is not out. It's not like the TV series isn't out, but they have no idea who she is. And they're like, oh, I don't want to play as a little girl, blah, blah, blah. How can you not acknowledge the awesomeness that is Arale? I don't know. Uneducated brutes. That's what they are, I say. Must be some kind of super attack involving poop. Hell yeah. That'll make me a happy fanboy. Other news. This is is monumental. I say why. Why? (laughs) Why this? The live action movie. No, not the new one that may or may not come out. The old one, the Chinese one. We are getting, as we've mentioned before, a re-release of the movie from Tai Seng. Not only is this a re-release, it is, quote, remastered and with all new special effects. So a bigger sock puppet than before? <laughs> nice. The The real interesting thing here is that it's going to actually have all of the language tracks. That's uh, English, Mandarin, Cantonese, and I think that's it. And it's got some subtitle tracks as well. So for the first time over here in the U.S., you can get it on DVD and its original Chinese. But new special effects. I can't imagine what that entails. I have no idea. Oh, should, I, should I be renting this piece of garbage? Uh, I'm thinking about just picking it up. It's only 11 bucks over at right stuff it's not too bad 11 bucks is 11 bucks man we don't know it could be so much better hey all i know is that you have not been able to sit through this movie every time you tried to watch it well maybe now i will because it's very bastard <laughs> widescreen high definition special effects uh, i look forward to it so uh as far as i can tell that's really the, the big dragon ball news from the last two weeks And if there's anything else, I guess it wasn't all that important. So we're going to cruise on over to the topic for the week. The topic this week is actually an email, which gave us a great idea for a topic. So what we'll do is we'll read the email, and then Mary, you and I will kind of go back and forth with a couple thoughts on this. So uh, I guess I'll read the email, then I'll let you take the conversation from there. Sure. So this email comes to us from Phoenix Godwin from Georgia. And Phoenix writes, I just recently subscribed to the podcast. The first episode I heard was 94, then 95. So now he's on 96. Pretty recent. At first, I was happy to find fellow DBZ fans that I could listen to in order to take up a fraction of the massive free time I had on my hands. Then he heard what jerks we were and decided to write us a piece of hate mail. No, that's not what this is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I still am, but something caught my attention that I wanted to object to. The two of you are obviously DBZ fans. See, they haven't heard Julian. Oh, no. (laughs) no. Not that Julian's not a DBZ fan. Anyway, let me continue. But I was surprised to see that you guys knew about DBGT seemingly as much as DBZ. No, we just fake it really (laughs) well. Which can only mean you've watched it. As a fellow DBZ fan, I must ask, why? GT is nothing but an exploitation of the DB and DBZ fans. It's chock full of inconsistencies, blatant contradictions, and frankly, bastardizes Akira Toriyama's universe. Personally, I like to just pretend it never happened. It's pretty much the equivalent of a fan fiction that became animated. As DBZ fans, what is it that you find redeeming about it? So, Mary... Yes, sir. There's actually a few questions in here. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is us pretending like we know about GT wholeheartedly. Yeah, we really don't. I haven't seen huge chunks of no. it. I've seen maybe the first 12 episodes. I saw Super 17. I saw a few of the baby episodes that I fell asleep. I saw the last four or so episodes. There's another arc. What the <laughs> I, I don't remember. There's another arc other than Super 17 that I've I'm seen totally forgetting. Much- 
what you've seen. I fell asleep during a lot of it. And there's actually a lot of conversations to have here. One is, you know, we've been into Dragon Ball for 10 plus years. If we were to sit and watch it now, would our perception of it be so much different than it would be if we had watched it, say, you know, a decade ago when we were first into the series? Well, I did watch it. I don't know. Maybe well, I mentioned this on the podcast. Some of the first fan subs you I bought it. on my own were GT. I think, you no, know, a friend of mine lent me some. But right. the first that I actually purchased were the first uh, six GT episodes. And I ate it up. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was so cute and funny. And, you know, it was, you know, decent. And then, you know, the show progressed. I was like, oh, this isn't that good. Darn. See, the thing is, we've been into fandom, just anime in general, for so long at this point. I have to imagine it would be even tougher for us to sit and watch the whole series. Or maybe it wouldn't, because we have such a sentimental feeling towards the series as a whole. And as time goes on, it becomes even more sentimental to us, because we have such an uh, an attachment to it. So, it, I would almost have to say, if we were to watch something from the same time period, but not GT. You know, like another kind of long-running shonen action show because it would be something we don't have an attachment to. How would we feel about that show at that point, having been into it for so long? It's really hard to place ourselves into that kind of situation, you know? Like, we've been into it for so long, we love it, but what if we hadn't been? It's really tough. So really all we can say is, I should say, the only perspective we can come from is, you know, what we actually have, and that's what we'll try to base everything we say off of. So... Having seen you and between the two of us, probably half the show slept through maybe one third of that half that we watched. It's really hard to describe. We don't love it, right? We do like we, we like the ending. Do we like GT? I don't know. It's it's hard to say. We probably I have like to watch the, the early episodes because I do have that sentimental attachment to it. I like the silliness of it, and then it starts to take itself a little too seriously. As soon as it starts with um, I forget what planet they go to. There was like mechs. Uh huh. That's when I started hating the show. Oh yeah, like yeah. Like the pre-baby stuff. I tried to watch the baby stuff, and I'm not big into robots and mechs and stuff. I think the next episode I would have watched would be, like, Bebby waking up or something, and I couldn't get there. I was so bored out of my mind. And it's not that DBZ and even the original TV series don't have these horrible, drawn-out extravaganzas of crap, you know? Because they do. So what about GT made it that much worse, that we had such a hard time getting through it? The color palette makes me sleepy. It's uh, not a bright and colorful show. That's true. It's very drab. It's not a pale color scheme. It's weird because it started immediately after DBZ, so why the change in colors? Because the end of DBZ was pretty bright. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Let's talk about a couple other things that Phoenix mentioned in here, Um, like inconsistencies and contradictions. Well, yeah. I mean, granted, of course. We can't ignore that stuff, and yeah, it irritates me too. Um, How about bastardizes Toriyama's universe? Only if you let it. I think that describes a lot of what we're getting to. It's only that bad and adversely, negatively affects your love and fandom of the series if you allow it to. Right. As a comparison, I had to take a year off from running my website and being involved in fandom because I let fandom get to me. After a year, just like kind of, all right. Actually, as I went back and looked at what I had done, I actually updated the site very consistently throughout that year. It's kind of weird. It was just one page, but now I stayed involved. But taking a break from it allowed me to like reassess uh, how I felt about the show, how I felt about fandom, how it was being treated, what would change, what wouldn't change. Is the series still going to be there, you know? So I think... 
if you just let yourself take it all in in a new light, you kind of get this, all right, just because GT exists doesn't ruin everything that came previously. Right, it's not like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z is going to get rewritten because of GT. Right. And, you know, I know GT exists, but I know it's not canon, so, you know, I don't... I mean, the only thing that could conceivably be affected are future video games if they really want to take all three into consideration. Right, and they've been pulling in GT into, like, the sparking games, and even Budokai 3 started pulling in Super Saiyan 4 and that kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, well, if you're not enjoying it, don't play those parts of the games or that kind of thing. Like you, the Trunks episodes. That stuff doesn't change because GT exists. You know, like, even though there's Trunks in GT and he's a different character and wacky adventures, that doesn't change the storyline of future Trunks and all the events he went through and the storyline and the drama and the angst and all everything that you love about that. That's not change. It doesn't disappear. It doesn't cease to exist anymore. You can still go back and enjoy that stuff for what it is. Right. So let's talk about uh, actually Toriyama himself here for a brief moment. A lot of people pulled out, you know, Toriyama Toriyama had nothing to do with it. I heard Toriyama hated the show, blah, blah, blah. We should say that Toriyama is a Japanese man. So he's a very humble, polite man. So we'll address that momentarily. Toriyama actually had some early involvement in GT. I think a lot of people forget this. A lot of his uh, early production sketches can be found in the GT Perfect file books. You can actually see, you know, he did some landscapes, some early character designs. You know, it's not like he wasn't there for some of the stuff going on. You know, he gave his okay for this stuff to happen. I wonder if that's why I like the early episodes better, you know, or more that's than the later ones, because maybe true. he had more of an involvement. And had, like, the adventure aspect. I'm not going to deny that later on in GT, it's really boring, and I really dislike it. So maybe that is Toriyama's involvement, you know, him having some kind of connection to that material. It, it just pulls the goodness, <laughs> I guess, out of Toriyama into that material and makes it somewhat salvageable for us. But again, it's not like Toriyama, he's he's a business guy. He's making money off of this. A lot of people forget that anime companies and even manga creators, sure, they may love what they do, but they're also in it to get a paycheck. And he made money off of GT and it exists because he got a paycheck. But let's talk about what he felt about the series real briefly as well. We were talking earlier about Toriyama being, you know, a typical humble Japanese man. I want to read a little selection here. This came from the book that came with the GT Dragon Box, and it was written by Toriyama. What I'm reading is a translation of the text from our foreign member Aoi, which, you know, means blue, but their name is Aoi. So let me read it here. We can get some input from, you know, Toriyama himself on GT. I am truly thankful to all of you who bought this Dragon Ball GT DVD box. Having quietly ended Dragon Ball in serialization, I, who am lazy by nature, was happy to finally be liberated from Deadline Hell. The people from the TV anime were wanting to continue just a little further, but since I didn't want to do any more than I already had, I ended up leaving everything, including the story, up to the people on the anime staff. That is, Dragon Ball GT. GT is an automotive term. Gran Turismo, in other words, a fast, powerful car. But in this case, since the plan was to be running all around the universe, I made it GT, carrying out the meaning of a great journey or grand touring. In GT, the only contributions that I made were the title, the initial main character designs, some of the mecha designs, and the number of image cuts. But thanks to the excellent staff that I was having keep continuing Dragon Ball, I was able to relax and leave it to them. In particular, the animator Nakatsuru-kun is so skilled and has such understanding of the peculiarities of my drawings that 
that there have been times that even I have been like, did I draw this character designer? Did Nakatsuru-kun? Not being able to tell the difference. For example, Super Saiyan 4, which appears in GT, was Nakatsuru-kun's design. The image I drew above is the likeness I made after looking at it. Did I do a good job? If you are able, along with me, to enjoy watching the original Dragon Ball's grand side story Dragon Ball GT, you will be pleased. Akira Toriyama. So again, very humble, very, you know, upbeat, optimistic. But it's not like he's saying, you know, they made this, I did some stuff, eh, whatever. And of course he's not going to say that, you know, to sell the product. But he's giving his general approval on it. If he was one of those artists that thought any other extra things would bastardize his grand creation. And there are creators like that. He just, yeah, he just wouldn't allow it. Or he would speak out against it. For example, Watsuki, the creator of Kenshin greatly dislikes the second OVA because he hates sad endings. That is not how he ended the story, and it's not how he wanted to see it ended. And he spoke out, you know, publicly, he has quotes about this. So there are mangaka who would do something like this. Toriyama is just kind of like, I draw poop jokes. If you like it, then that's pretty awesome. Send and he me money. To being, he admits to being lazy, so that's right, pretty Right, exactly. So you can kind of take his perspective on it and a couple different ways as well. It's like, well, if he doesn't care, then I have to take it upon myself to care about it and, you know, defend the awesomeness that is the Dragon Ball legacy. On the other hand, he says it's okay, so... You know, if the author says it's okay, it must be okay for us as well. I think it all comes back to, Mary, like you were saying, if you let it affect you, if you really let it get under your skin, you're going to have a really awful experience exactly. with it. Exactly. You don't have to love GT. There are very few people who genuinely love the series. Right, I mean, we've, we've said that we don't like it. Right, there's lots of stuff that we do like about it. There's a ton more stuff that we hate about the series. Let's mention a couple things that we do like about GT, because I feel like we've been walking the line of, you know how we feel about it. I've mentioned time and time again, and I know um, the email the email writer here has only been listening for the last couple episodes. But the ending to GT I think is far and above better than the ending that Toriyama came up with. There's actually some emotion there, some sentimentality, good music. You know, it's the ending um, that I think I don't want to say that we deserve, but. <laughs> I don't know, there's more closure. Right. And yet, not, so... Very true. <laughs> the serious. Mary, what are some things about GT that you enjoy? Shirtless trunks. Okay. How um, about, like, I, story elements see. or something um, like that? I liked that they brought back 17, but I don't like what they ended up doing with it, so it was kind of like giving me false hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, number 17, Oh shit. He's ugly. <laughs> oh, um, I remember something. I've mentioned this before as well. I thought it was phenomenal idea and absolutely horrific execution. The idea of overusing the Dragon Balls has negative repercussions for the characters and for the planet. Like, you've used these too many times. This is bad for you. And the idea that, like, these evil dragons would come out and wreak havoc and, like, that's a really cool idea. You could have done some awesome stuff with that. It was so boring. I could not watch that saga in its entirety. Ugh. And I love Ishinron's design and his voice, but I was so bored by these episodes. I was just bored to tears. So again, it's another great idea. Ugh. Do you have any other good or bad things? Like um, I liked Bra. She was hot. She was, she was nice to look at. But you know, you've mentioned a couple of character designs you absolutely hate. 
right. like GT or um, like Vegeta and the Mustache and uh -huh. Super Seventeen, and now you're kind of getting into character designs you like, like bra and shirtless trunks and stuff. <laughs> so, do you think there are um, some actually good designs in the series? It sounds like you're also mentioning overall. No, I think it's no? very poorly designed. Everyone has big noses. Goku looks like a burnt lobster. <laughs> I overall don't like the look of it. I don't like the color palette, but right. I like the original concept of having to look through the universe, but then they kind of abandoned that. So I think you're also on board with me where there's some good ideas that right. could have been executed well and for whatever reason, maybe it was Toriyama's non-full involvement that did them in. They're like, let's do mix instead. Uh, the conclusion of the email, personally, I like to pretend it never happened, pretty much the equivalent to a fan fiction that became animated. That's exactly how I feel about it as well. It feels like, you know, just random fan fiction that happened to be animated, and it's not particularly fantastic fan fiction. A lot of fans out there like to think that they could write a better series than GT. I don't really follow fanfics closely or at all, hmm. but I think that's a pretty big thing where people rewrite GT, or not just GT, but an all-new story to replace GT. GT. I don't know if I was just young and impressionable, but I remember very early on when I was watching GT fan subs, and there were a lot of female viewers out there who I guess were also following the fan subs or right. the raw episodes, were writing GT fanfics, and they're actually pretty decent, like dramatic and stuff, which would never fly on TV and stuff because it was way too adult female oriented. But yeah. I was like, oh, this is better than like the show. But yeah, you know that kind of level of Dragon Ball, the really deep stuff. That's never what it was. And I'm actually thinking back to uh, we have a tidbit on the site about Bardock and his character design and how it came to be in the manga and stuff. And there was an interview with Toriyama and they asked him, you know, what was your favorite original story? And he said the Bardock TV special because it's something he would never do, that really deep, dramatic storytelling. He never quite gets that deep with it and they kind of did there. So here's another question. If they were able to do such a great job with the Bardock TV special, what happened with GT? Were the right staff? people not there? Maybe. I mean, it was on for, you know, 10 plus years if you include GT. It started in 86 and then ended in 97 when GT uh, concluded. So I have to imagine people were in and out over the course of those years. Yeah. So I think we've talked about you know letting the series affect you, what we like about the series, what we don't like about the series. I'm not one of those people that's going to pull the, oh, it's so awful, I refuse to acknowledge it. You know, it's there. I can't ignore that it's there. I like some stuff about it. There's some intriguing things. It gives us things to talk about. It gives us really weird video game storylines you know, 10 years later. So it's there. We'll talk about it. Is that kind of how you feel about it as well, Agreed. Mary? Yeah. I mean, you can pretend it doesn't exist if you if you want to, but I like to pretend it does exist, but at the same time, I'm not going to let it, you know, affect my other Dragon Ball interests. And again, I pull it back to just don't let it so negatively affect you. I know a lot of people, for example, you know, like really bad dub treatments when One Piece was first dubbed over here. People are like, oh, the show has absolutely been ruined, but, which I agree. But at the same time, what you had watched previously, the music you love, the voices you love, that stuff didn't disappear. Just like I was saying earlier, everything that you loved about Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z doesn't suddenly disappear the instant GT begins. It's always going to be there for you. You can always go back and read it. You can always go back and watch it. So I think you just, we all as fandom have to just live with the fact that GT exists. And I guess just um, kind of be nice to each other about it. Some people will like it. Some people won't. It's always going to be there. Um, the fact that it only ran for 64 episodes, I think says yes. <laughs> quite a bit about it from like the Japanese fan perspective. It's really interesting because the Japanese fans love Chibi Goku, which is probably one of the main reasons why he was turned back into a child. But it just didn't fly over there. I guess they couldn't mix what 
fans loved about Dragon Ball and what they loved about Dragon Ball Z. It just doesn't mesh together. Maybe you have to go one or the other or make a natural transition like they did with the, uh, like around the 22nd, 23rd Budokai era. You have to transition from one to the other and keep some of the elements. Maybe like GT tried to do where you mesh them both together at the same time. Maybe that just doesn't work for Dragon Ball. I don't know. And then we see what Toriyama did later on. He doesn't want to do these great stories. He's got to do Nekamajin Z. That's what he wants to do. He was talking about Deadline Hell. There was like years in between some of the Nekamajin chapters. He's not committing to any anything. Maybe that sums up how we feel about GT. I don't really know if it does. I feel like we, we spat out a lot of stuff. Maybe you can pull your own conclusions from some of the things we've talked about. I think this would be a great topic for people to really get into serious discussions in the forum response thread. For every podcast episode, we do have a forum thread where you can respond to the episode, discuss some of the things we talked about during the episode. So definitely come check that out and put in your own two cents as well. Especially if we've never heard from you before. If you don't email the show, if you don't post on the forum if you don't follow the um, the site in general at all maybe come check out this forum thread for this episode and leave a couple thoughts there because i'd like to know what you No, no no you behind you no the other one yeah you you, exactly, you, you need to leave some thoughts on this episode. I confused Mary. She's, Mary's playing with figures and she's like, what, what, what'd I do? No, 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 I was going to make a bad joke. What? So say, you, you and your clone over there. Yeah, both of you. You, you with the face. You with the face. <laughs> So come leave us some thoughts. We would love to hear what you think about GT and how it affects your Dragon Ball fandom in general. So that's going to wrap up the topic. Let's move it on over to the releases for October. Yeah, yeah, technically it's still September, but, you know, October begins very briefly, and there's only a couple things, so we might as well go through them all. Mary. Yeah? We got three DVDs coming out in Japan on October 3rd. What we got? Uh, these are Dragon Ball Region 2 DVDs, volumes 19, 20, and 21. These cover episodes 109 through 126. This is, in fact, the Piccolo Daimao arc, and you can buy these for three 3,990 yen each. You can get them from online retailers such as Amazon Japan and CD Japan. Cool. We're closing in on the end of Dragon Ball, so uh, I can't remember if there has been an official announcement about GT singles. I have to imagine they will. They did all of Z. They're doing all of Dragon Ball. GT should probably come next. But then the next day on October 4th, we have Sparking Meteor coming out in Japan for the Wii and the PS2. It's retailing for 7,140 yen. That's around 64 65 bucks at 64.90 over on play asia and uh you know it's kind of like the big thing going on right now perhaps you've heard of it it's got you know a shit ton of characters and music and stages and i wonder where the series will go from here but that's when it's coming out in japan it'll be out in the u.s shortly thereafter we'll keep you updated on that you know it comes out next week so i think I think the game will probably ship to me on Tuesday, which usually means I will get it the following Monday or Tuesday. So, you know, like we've done with all the games that have come out since we started the podcast, although that's not true. We never reviewed uh, Haru Kanaru Gokuden sets, and we never reviewed the Shin Budokai games because I don't have a PSP, so that one's, you know, why we haven't reviewed that. But all the other games, the Sparking Games, D.O.N., uh, Superstars and stuff, we'll review Sparking Meteor in full. I don't know, maybe we'll split it up into uh, two episodes extravaganza like the last one. So it'll probably take even longer to beat than the last one. 
you know what this is. We'll give you more info as things come out. October 18th, lots of uh, box sets coming out over in France. We'll talk more about these as the month goes on because there's a lot of stuff. And then finally, October 24th, remastered volume 15 of DBZ over in the Spain. That's that two-disc set. These will be episodes 118 through 125 of La Saga de Sil. That would be, you know, the Trunks episodes going on into the Jinzo Ningen stuff. 24.95 euros. More info on Sona DBD com. Let's take it over to the emails. We got two emails this week. I will read the first one. You will read the second one, Mary. Okay. First one comes from Christy Cocopop, aka Christine. Dear Daizen Shui X guys, you had said in several podcasts that many of the talks, meaning bloopers and whatnot, are edited. My question is, how much of it per se is cut out per show? Just wondering. Also, are you guys planning to go to New York Anime Festival this year? I ask because I never get a chance to see you guys when you go to a convention. And this year, I, my husband, and our friends from school are planning to go and have our reunion there. Hope you can make it. So two questions. The editedness of the show and then the festival in New York. At this point, there's not a lot edited out of the show other than awkward pauses and that kind of stuff. And like burping and farting and coughing. (laughs) Yeah, Mary's sick, so every once in a while she's, you know, coughing up a lung. I have to edit that out so your ears don't bleed. But that's really it. I mean, obviously we don't edit the show for content or language or anything. You may have noticed, but that's pretty much it. And I do throw some bloopers if you don't pay attention i throw some bloopers usually some little omake at the end of the show after the credits close out although i don't remember when the last time i did it was but i try to be pretty consistent with that if someone says something really stupid or funny and i edit it out like they mess up a sentence i'll throw it at the end of the show but after 96 episodes we've gotten relatively decent at just you know doing the show and recording and putting it out and stuff let's talk about new york anime festival mary are we going when is it it's like december or something may I mean, New York is an hour train ride, so it's doable. It's December 7th through 9th. And if I remember correctly, this one is at the Jacob Javits Center, yeah, so it's, it's going to be massive. Maybe. I was looking on the uh, guest list earlier in <laughs> Geek Nights are Guests. That's I'm, I'm cool. kind of conned out. Yeah, me too. But this is practically in our backyard. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Maybe we can do it. I'm not really sure if I want to, but we'll see. We'll let you know if we go. It's New York. Maybe we will. So that's that email. Let's take one more email. This one comes to us from Tim. Mary, why don't you read Tim's email? Okie dokie. It's Tim again. Longtime listener and a few time emailer. Most of my emails were about video games, but not this one. I had a quick question about a book I acquired on my honeymoon, no less, last week. Where we stayed, there was a comic shop right around the corner. There, I found an art book, which I thought was a dice but now I'm not too sure. The cover art didn't match those on the website. This cover shows Goku riding a dinosaur wearing goggles. Only English on the front is the world, and the spine says Shueisha, but I'm not sure. It contains manga art from Dragon Ball, along with Dr. Slump, some Dragon Quest art, and more. So I guess I have two quick questions. What is this book, and any advice on how to acquire more Daisenshus without paying the high eBay prices? Thanks a lot, guys, and take care. Very easy to answer. That Japanese text that you see behind the world, that says Toriyama Akira. Actually, no. In order, it says Akira Toriyama. Yes. It's uh, Akira Toriyama of the world. It's uh, an art book specifically about his art. And like you said, it's got some Dragon Ball stuff, some Dr. Slump stuff, some Dragon Quest stuff. Lots of things that he worked on uh, over the years. That's what's in there. It has nothing to do specifically with Dragon Ball or the Daisenshu. It's its own standalone book. Uh, I know there's a really nice hardcover version. I think eventually there was a softcover version released. 
finished. So really, that's what it is. It's just a Toriyama art book with some cool stuff in there. A lot of stuff in there is also in the first Daizenshu, complete illustrations. So there's a little crossover there, but there's a lot more, obviously, in the Daizenshu. And then, of course, the real underlying question here is, where do I get Daizenshu and I don't want to pay 50 bucks for them? Which is a very valid question. The thing to keep in mind is that the Daizenshu are very old and out of print. They're not readily available. You can't just walk into Japanese bookstores and pick them up. You can't just randomly find them on online retailers. You're probably going to have to do the eBay thing. I think a very fair price per book would probably be no more than $40 for some of the more rare ones, like number seven. Like I said, a fair price, probably 35 to 40 bucks. I wouldn't pay more than 50 for any of the books. I think 50 was probably going to be my max for number seven until I randomly found it in a $10 bin at AWA. <laughs> eBay is probably the way to go. You might want to check out something like uh, Yahoo Japan auctions, but you're going to pay extra shipping over there. Just keep your eye out. Be very vigilant, very dedicated to, you know, look every couple days on the auction site, see what pops up. It's probably the best way you're going to get this stuff. So I wish you luck. Gambate, Dragon Ball fans. Get your Daizenshu. That's going to wrap up the emails. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or hopes or dreams or aspirations, you can send them on over. Mary, where do you send that stuff? You can send them to podcast at diezex.com. That's spelled P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Cool. You are so good at this. Yeah, I'm not like WWW. <laughs> I made that joke the other day. I'm sorry. It's okay because it's still accurate. I like to drive the point home. Yeah, you do. Awesome. So that's going to wrap up episode 96. We'll be back next week with 97. Hopefully we'll try to iron out what's going on with my audio equipment and line what up. exploded. Oh, wait, no. Next week is going to be Manga Next. What am I talking about? That's right. Whoops. So it'll be, Mary, you and I, but we'll also potentially have some audience questions as well. Whoever comes to the panel, we'll try to record some people there. That'll be fun. You know, Jeff's going to be there with his MacBook recording the podcast for us, so maybe he can um, say hello to people. We'll plant him in the audience. <laughs> That's right. We'll plant Jeff and have him ask questions. So we'll make it seem like they're... Except if you're a podcast listener, you'll know Jeff's voice, so it won't work. Damn it. Foiled yet again. Oh, well. Next week, it'll be a convention recording, but it'll also be great content. We're going to go over all the different types of manga History. releases both in the U.S. and Japan. I have lots of examples that I'm bringing. I'm working on this... Liars. <laughs> handouts. I'm Homework. working on this one-page handout. It's going to have, you know, the Japanese writing for, like, Tankobon and Kanzenban and the release dates and examples of cover art. And It's so cute, and I love it, and I need to finish it. So I got to work on... You know what? You're going to work on that while I edit the podcast I episode. will work on it during work at my new job because oh, I can get God. away with it. You're oh. just going to have to email it to me. All right, all right. So... Check that I'll, out. I'll, I'll kind of like huddle over in my in my uh, cubicle and hope no one notices me, <laughs> you know, editing Dragon Ball flyers. Maybe I'll put a PDF of it up after the con. So if you're you know listening along later, you can check that out as well. So that'll be that. We'll try to do the manga review of Awesomeness the week after that, Dragon Ball Volume Nine, and we'll move onwards to Episode 100 in the very very near future. You got to be ready for it. It's gonna be quite an extravaganza. So that's gonna wrap it up, really, for reals, for truthness, and for great job. Mary. Hey there. Might as well plug your site because you're here and you can. I made as well. Yeah, yeah. I also got, uh, as, as Mike mentioned earlier, two new videos up, which I'm too lazy to put them on my site, but maybe Mike will link them in the show notes. <laughs> okay. I am like two videos behind in updating my site, I think. 
Or you can check out my animemusicvideos.org profile, Mary C. Anyway, my Dragon Ball site, Temple of Trunks, can be found at www.templeotrunks.com. Thank you very much. Thank you, Julia. You're awesome, Mary. Julian and myself, I'll let you do it, can okay. be found at DaizenshuEx, which itself can be found by typing D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. You're awesome. I know. Awesome is the word for this awesome. episode. Awesome. Awesome to the Tubular. max. That's episode 96 of the show. We'll check you back next week from Manga Next. So until then, for Mary and for Julian and for myself. And for all the people that are about to go in the apartment upstairs, there's like 10 of them. <laughs> I was going to say I am Mike Labrie, Vegito EX, and I'm off to Toys R Us to get my Manaphy. But I already did that earlier today after the audio exploded. So... Daizenshu EX